0: Michael, Michael, are we on? Are you ready? Yeah. I'm not starting until you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay.
1: No, Clyde's not here. Oh
2: no, we don't. Would you mind doing that? Can you play something for the comedian (laughs) today?
1: This thing's
2: centered. It's center. not working. It's <laughs>
1: like <laughs> mm. better on or off. No, turn off. That's fine. I was just It's not
2: working. It's not letting me rotate it and play it. It's only doing it vertical. Same last week, right? No, last week. But you said it was messed up, but we watched the whole service on it to make sure it worked. It didn't really? work live. It worked on the recorded version of it. He took your book. It wasn't live? Oh, so
0: yeah. Yeah, this is a podcast. It's not working.
1: Having technical difficulties there.
2: So am I going to do? Am I going to do fresh bread? You're going to do a short fresh bread, and then you do
0: going Yeah. Why don't you
1: start? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you if you do the
2: bread,
0: okay. and I'll do the. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
2: know. Sometimes like sometimes
0: kids just
1: Good morning everybody. Welcome to Northridge Community Church. Pastor Jeff Hansen here for those on Facebook. We're going through the book of Ephesians right now and we're on Ephesians chapter 3. It's a really great chapter verses um, 1 through 21. And so we're going to be talking about it a little bit bit later. we have in our worship team. We have Mike Hansen and Matt Hansen, Patty and Kristen Scholes with us today. And we're going to have communion today a little bit later on, too, so you might want to prepare some elements for communion a little bit later in the service. So keep that in mind. Uh, Let's open with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for the day you've given to us, for this beautiful uh, October 1st we have today to enjoy together. And I pray that you'll bless this service, the worship music, the uh, communion service, and the message later on, Lord, I pray for our children's ministry upstairs. Bless those working with our kids as well as they share the love of Christ with them upstairs today. So we thank you for this chance to be together. And we just, you are a special guest, Lord. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. (laughs)
0: I'm just kidding. Let's worship together. People come together, strangers' neighbors. But is one. Children of generations. Every nation of the kingdom come. Don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head high. Don't feel no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth God is madly in love with you So take control of, this job. Remember where hell comes from Whoa Go. Hold your head over I don't be no evil Fix your eyes on this one too God is madly in love with you So take control out be strong Remember where I held my singles hallelujah The praise go up as the walls come down Our creation everything with the rest repeat the sound of his children The names grow up, skirts good yeah His name is Jesus Sing it out Sing line Are you heaven? Let the praise go up as the walls come down our creation, everything we're forever, be through the sound of His children. We'll endure our spiritual grace good God. His name is Jesus. Jesus is our redemption. Sure. Our salvation is in His blood. Jesus, when I am there, I am friend forever, His kingdom come. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Everything around me is shaken. I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. Because He's never let me down. He's faithful through generation He won't He won't I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense So why won't we go under I'm not held by my own strength Cause I feel nothing Jesus He's never So Jesus' name. And should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will. So
2: Um, Let's be real brief with it, because I know you guys already know these, but we have daily breads over there, which are devotional, so you guys can take if you'd like to have something to kind of do in the morning, get you uh, in scripture and get like a little sermon. Um, There are newsletters, uh, which tell you what's going on as far as sermon series and Bible studies and stuff, but also have a um, kind of a devotional that my dad, Jeff, does, called From the Heart. Always oh, does a, a great job on those. So those are over there. There's Christian books around the corner. Those are free. Just take those if one strikes your fancy. Um, we've got witnessing materials, gospel, or New Testaments, and we have the offering box over there if you'd like to give your tithes and offerings. We also use an app called Tithely. That's spelled T-I-T-H-E-L-Y. And uh, just search for Northridge Community Church Rockford, Illinois, and you can uh, give your tithe or offering that way. Um, If you're with us on Facebook, welcome. Uh, We're going to be doing communion in a little bit, so get something that uh, represents the body and the blood of Christ. We understand you probably don't have communion crackers or grape juice or wine, um, but get something that represents the body and the blood of Christ, and uh, please take communion with us. So I'm just going to do a little fresh bread. Right now, imagine if you're just watching Facebook and someone's like, "I'm going to do a little fresh bread." I'm like, "What? That's so weird." Uh, we do a thing on uh, we do a thing called Fresh Bread. Something that's fresh the Lord has put on our heart, uh, where someone from our congregation uh, will share with the rest of us some some fresh, something that God has has revealed to them this week through Scripture, through whatever it might be—Christian book, uh, worship song, something like that—and this week, it's through a dream. I build the intrigue there. Um, have you guys ever had? Have you guys ever had a dream that feels more significant? You know, most dreams are just kind of random. Um, our brains kind of are just working through problems. Our brains are really efficient, so our brains problem solve during the night or during a nap. Our brains are always working, and just that 's just how God made us. God made us to be really efficient, even when we 're sleeping we 're working, and sleeping and dreaming is actually more effective sometimes than if you just stayed up and tried to think through something or journal through or something like that and it 's really cool. Um, i 'll say one more thing about dreams before I and i 've read a lot about about sleep and about dreams. Um, they did a test one time where they had uh, people, like piano players, on the same level, all practice this one tune that was a challenging tune for two hours. They all practiced for two hours. Um, half of the group was given um, two hours to take a nap, and the other two were given two hours just to keep practicing or to just hang out or whatever. And the ones that took a nap were able to play the pieces way better. And the ones who kept practicing or just were hanging out because their brains kept doing it. That has nothing to do with fresh bread. That's just something cool about dreams. So sorry for wasting your time with that. But, um, so, but sometimes dreams feel more significant. And I had one of those dreams this last week. It was an, like an apocalyptic type feeling dream. I don't know if you've ever had one of those where you feel like, okay, this is the end times in this dream. and um, I'm not going to go into the details of my dream because dreams always sound really weird to somebody else who's not having the dream. But in the dream, I was it was very obvious that I was, like, in the end times. Um, no one cared about me in that dream. Everyone was very mean, and, like, they, they only cared about other people if they were um, using them for their own self-interest. And it reminded me of... Um, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 6, where it says, There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, that's that felt very much like this this dream that I was in. It felt like I mean we obviously we have elements of that right now, but it was just more. And in this dream, there was crazy stuff happened. There was like Nephilim like walking around and stuff like that. Um, it's a very scary dream. I was getting mugged. I was getting beat up. People were laughing at me while I was getting like beat up. And I was like, oh man! I need, in my dream, I'm like I need to start praying. And so I start praying, and then, like, I'm starting to get assistance. i starting to get help. And, you know, it, it reminded me that, like, First like Thessalonians 5.18 says, pray without ceasing. Like, and I literally had to just to survive in that environment. And it made me think, man, should I be doing that more? You know, because in my dream, I literally could not get through anything without praying about it. And I think God was illustrating that to me through this dream. Like you need to be praying more. You need to pray in every situation without ceasing. You can, you need to stop or not stop praying. You need to continually do that. Even though things seem easier now in your daily life, we need to be praying about every situation that we are in. And I've been trying to do that. And I've noticed like, man, I've, I'm leaving so much on the table for God where like the more I pray about stuff, the more I see things happening where God's hand is involved, and it's like, well, I don't, if I'm not doing that on, on a regular basis, like, we're all just leaving a lot on the table for what God could be doing. Right. You know, we could be saying certain things, we could be doing certain things, we, we could just be enabling God to come into the situation by, by praying about things. So anyways, it was a really weird dream, it was a really brutal dream. It was a very scary dream, and you all know that when you have dreams like that, you you've all experienced you've all experienced it and so I was I, so I was driving to work and I was praying about this dream and I'm like god what do you want me to know about that dream because it felt like it was more than just a random dream it felt significant to me and what i heard god say what i felt in my heart what he said to me directly was be alert and so and of sober mind your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion looking for someone to devour, which is First Peter five eight. So that's kind of all I got. But I just you know I I think it's it's really important as we we get closer to the end that we are praying without ceasing, that we are um, sober minded and alert, and and just watching for the day. Where, where Christ returns. And, and I think that when we are focused on the Lord and when we are um, praying without ceasing, we'll see all the things that God wants us to accomplish and what he wants to do through our lives. So kind of a weird fresh bread, but that was what I got for you today. That's good. That's good. Right. So we're going we're gonna to start communion. Communion. And um, so, again, if you're with us on Facebook, please grab something that, maybe some bread or something that that, um, represents the body of Christ. And um, I take communion at work sometimes, and I don't have things, so I'm just like, okay, God, let this water be my wine today. Which works, because Jesus turned water into wine. taking communion For us, this is sacred gathered the disciples, what we now know we call the Last Supper, and he broke the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take it and eat it. Lord, we just enter into prayer, we enter into thanksgiving for what you've done for us, Lord, your body brutally Torn apart through whipping, through the crown of thorns jammed into your head, through the nails nailed into your body to a cross. We take we take part in eat the eating of your body, a spiritual representation of of taking you on to us, Lord. Your body, which healed people when you were there. Your body, which was a sacrifice for us, Lord. We, we take this, Lord, as nourishment, as um, a healing element, Lord. And, and Lord, I'm reminded by the verse in Isaiah where it says, by your stripes we are healed spiritually, we are healed physically. I pray that anybody has any ailments any sickness today um, mentally, spiritually, physically Lord, that you would heal them, place your hand upon them Lord and heal them Christ in Jesus name. Thank you for giving your body for our forgiveness. For our, for the sacrifice, for us to come into your kingdom, when you did nothing wrong. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you.
1: Going along with what Matt was just saying, I want to read a little bit of Isaiah 53, which is such an obvious—it's obviously Christ, our Messiah. It says, uh, "Surely." took up our pain. This is verse 4 of Isaiah 53. Surely He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered Him punished by God, stricken by Him and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him, and by His wounds we are healed. We like sheep have all gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent so he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away yet who of his generation protested for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people of he was punished he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich he was, de- he was in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was he deceived, in, no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Jesus says, This cup presents my blood shed for you. Take it and drink it all. Thank you, Lord, for being willing to die on the cross for our sins. Though we didn't deserve it, you loved us and died in our place. Because of you, we have salvation and the hope of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you take this time as a commitment, a time of recommitment of your life to the Lord for this next month of October and then for the next for the months ahead, that this is our way of saying, Lord, I identify with you. I know you did this. You did it for me. And it says in uh, Romans 12, 1, uh, when you think of all Christ has done for you, isn't the least we can do is to live our life to please him and honor him? This is our act of worship, is living in a way that honors glorifies Jesus Christ. So let's go, let's take this time to just reflect on him and be grateful. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings in our life. May our lives reflect your glory. May our our lives reflect our gratitude and thankfulness to you, Lord, for all you've done in our place that we could not do ourselves. But our simple act of humility will be to live our life in a way that honors you, Lord, and pleases you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to read some really powerful scripture. This is one of the best benedictions in the Bible, Uh, the part of this we're going to read. It's so well done. Paul was such an amazing writer. He really was. He wrote about um, at least a third of the New Testament. This is a guy that was out killing Christians and putting them in jail. And he was radically transformed from being a Levite to a Christian apostle. And Paul has amazing insight. I mean, theology, that we, that's why I, I usually, I found out a lot of pastors are doing Ephesians right now. I didn't realize that. A lot of pastors around town, and even on the air, are doing Ephesians right now. Why do we do that? Because Ephesians is the most concise theology in the Bible. Now, Romans has a lot of theology, too, but it's also, I think, 16 chapters. Ephesians is six chapters. It's so tight, and every word is important. Every word is important in Ephesians. So I want to read um, this passage to you. The first part is interesting. It talks about how the Gentiles were allowed to be part of God's kingdom. And Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And, and so we are now allowed with the Jews to particip- participate in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, first of all, Jesus shared the gospel with the Jews. And then Paul was the apostle to share it with the Gentiles primarily. Listen to what it says. It says, I'm going to get my microphone over here. It says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, Jesus, for this is uh, Ephesians 3, verse 1, for the sake of you, Gentiles, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, in other words, the Jews, members together of one body and sharing together in the promise in Jesus Christ. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the work of his power, although I am less, listen to this, although I am less than the least of all, all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach the, to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ, which he, to, and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past has been kept hidden by God, whom created all things. His intent was now, through the church, the, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly realms. Now, who are that? The rulers of authorities of the heavenly realms, there are the angels who are on God's side. And it talks about in Ephesians 6, it talks about the evil ones that are part of Satan's Satan's group. Okay, that everyone understands now in all of the universe, not just earth, that we have that we Gentiles have access to the gospel, to salvation, just like the Jews do. He goes on to say this. It says, In him, and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are your glory. Okay, so that's part one. Part one, verses one through thirteen, talks about the fact that 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 um, non. The Gentiles or non Jews are now have access to the gospel of Jesus Christ just like the Jews do. Everybody, everybody in the world has access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever be ashamed of the, the gospel. Paul says in uh, um, Romans 1 I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power to change lives. The power to change lives is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you can now, Bill Bright was the head of Campus Church, for Christ. I heard Bill Bright many, many times. Bill Bright was not a powerful speaker, but he spoke with confidence. There was, he, didn't, he wasn't like a Billy Graham, you know. He wasn't one of those like Hellfire and Brimstones guys. Bill Bright was a very calm speaker, but he spoke with truth. He spoke the truth. He understood the gospel. He became a Christian later in life. He was a businessman, very successful out in California. When he understood the gospel, he pre- gave his life to Jesus Christ. And Campus Crusade for Christ has been one of the most effective uh, groups in the whole world for sharing the gospel. Steve Douglas from Auburn High School in Rockford was the vice pre- president. And then when, when Bill Bright died, Steve became the president for over, I think, 20 years. He just died recently, about a year, year or two ago, of cancer. So, so um, we need to be sharing the love of Christ with people. Hey, you don't, you don't have to embellish it. You just share what it is to tell the truth and then God will change lives. God will change lives. Now this is part two. Now listen to this. This is so well written. Let me just read this to you. This starts in verse 14. This is a a long, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, but listen to what it says. A lot of people use it as a benediction. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God is working in this world. Young people are coming to know Christ. There was a big, and where was that big, um, was it down in Texas? There's a big revival going on down in Texas. There was one in California earlier. There was one out of Asbury College. I believe that's in Kentucky about two years ago. Remember that that huge revival? And then there was a big revival down in Texas. There was like two, I think over 2,000 kids baptized in a lake just like in the last two weeks. Things things are changing. People are seeing now. Why do you think? Why do you think revival is happening right now? Let me ask you: What has happened to make revival happen in this world? Any ideas? By the way, it's good to have Mike Jenkins here. Mike just came back from Missouri. He's living in Rockford now, and he has a very high calling. He works on steeples of churches, and uh, so it's good to have you here, Mike. Um, so as we kind of have a free flow, people can talk and be a part of the service. Why do you think people are young people are coming to Christ? Don? Exactly. Yeah, we realize that when you when you've tried everything and that none of it worked, then you know that something's missing in your life, and that's Jesus Christ in mo, in many cases. Okay, anybody else? Mike, I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Jim. Uh, um, I think sorry. that uh, young people and
2: like particularly like Gen Z, uh, they didn't necessarily grow up in a Christian home. Right.
1: Oh yeah, the kid, a lot of families are really out of they're having a lot of problems. I mean,
2: these kids are lost and they're searching. They are. And it's um, really happy a
1: lot of finding. Praise them. the Lord. That's true. You know, a lot of families are, you know, when I when my dad had to divorce my my mom for my for my sake because of abuse back in 19 I think it was 57, there was hardly any divorce at all. And now it's pervasive. Um it's probably many more families have divorce involved than than not having divorce involved and then kids are lost kids are trying new things and they're not finding it to be satisfying and they finally realize that they need to turn to the Lord so praise God for that so don't be afraid to share with people the joy in your heart the joy of the Lord in your heart why are you happy why are you seem peaceful I only have peace because I have Christ in my life Christ is the what's gives me a firm foundation and gives me confidence, and gives me peace. It's only because my life, and I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I am a person who loves Christ, and I want to live for him. Even though I fail daily, I confess my sins and come back to him, but Christ is the reason I have joy in my life, and I have confidence in my life. That's, that's what we should be sharing with people, and letting them know that that's the answer, that they can have that same peace in their heart that they're searching for, you know? So, I want to just share some thoughts about this. I I found this, and I want to just read this to you. This is talking about what God can do, a few things God can't do. You might say, what are you talking about? Let me explain. Okay, what is God's powerful plan for this world? The First of all, the powerful plan is that both the Jews and the Gentiles can be saved. That's the first part of his plan that we talked about in verses 1 through 13. Both Jews and Gentiles, anybody can give their life to Jesus Christ. Now, so for a lot of people, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're rejected by your family. In some cultures, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, they can, they can kill you within their culture, within their religious belief system. If you give, if you, if, or they'll certainly reject you and turn you away from that. So it's a huge sacrifice for many people to receive Christ because their family will turn them away if they would give their life to Christ. But they're willing to do it. Okay, so key points. Number, thing, number one, God is able. God is able to do, listen to what God is able to do. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Number two, nothing is impossible with God. With with God, all things are possible. Number three, all things serve God. Everything on this earth is designed to serve God and to glorify God. Okay. Number four, God does whatever pleases Him. God makes decisions. You might say, well, that doesn't make sense. I remember my dad felt that if you had a terrible sin in your life that you couldn't be a Christian. If you receive Christ on your deathbed, he said, you can't be a Christian. I don't believe that's true. You gotta... I said, Dad, what about the thief on the cross? What about the thief on the cross? He was right. He was hanging on the cross, and right then he said, Lord, don't remember me today. And he said, Jesus said, surely you'll be with me in paradise. He goes, you're right. You're right. How dare I say that you can't receive Christ at the end of your life? Absolutely, you can't. That's God's choice. God's way God. If God says that's right, then it's right. Okay? Number five. Okay, the first couple of things God cannot do. God cannot deny himself. God cannot lie. God cannot be tempted to do evil. And God cannot change his basic nature, which is love and justice and kindness and grace. What are the dimensions of God's ability? God has—he has the ability to save, the uh, to the uttermost of the world. God can save you in the worst of situations. I remember hearing about Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash had lived a really wild life. He's the only person that ever was in the Rock and Roll and the Country rock, Hall of Fame, as far as I know, he still is. And Johnny Cash had had been gone to the bottom. His little brother had died. It was a very godly kid. He felt guilty. He was alive, and his brother was dead. He died in a lumber in a lumber accident, and a saw hit him and killed him when he was a young boy. Who, he was going to be a preacher. And he felt so guilty for his life, he actually climbed into a cave, and he climbed in it, and he was going to die, and then he realized, I don't want to die. He said, Lord, if you get me out of this cave, I will give my life to you and serve you. And then he saw a little light, a little light, and he started climbing towards that little light and going through the dirt. And everything, and he finally got there, and somehow he got out of that cave. He said, "From this day forward, I'll serve you." He was on Billy Graham almost all the time. Uh, uh, Johnny and June Cash sang the gospel tunes on the on the Billy Graham Crusades on a, on a regular basis, and he lived his life to please Christ. He realized that God will help find you even in the worst of situations. Next thing he'll do is, Christ, God is able to help us through our temptations in our life. God will help us through our temptations and our trials in our life. God is able to help us through all those things. God is able to su- to subdue all things. God has the ability to bring order where there is disorder. God is able to deliver us from the fires of life, like, Dan- like Daniel in the fire and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in a fire. We're talking about 4,000 degree fire, and they're not burning. They're not burning, and they, and they bring them out of there. They don't even have a smell of fire on them. That's the kind of miracle God can do. God is able to build us up and to rebuild us when we fall apart. God's grace in his word can strengthen us and establish us. God is able to keep us from failing God can protect us and preserve us through our faith. And God can do more than we could ever expect or even imagine. What has God done in your life that seems imaginable, unimaginable? God can do things in our life. What is something that God has done in your life? Can I just have someone share a thought? Anything in your life that God has done for you that you're amazed about? Anne? endometriosis let me explain they had already seen they had already found some endometriosis so they knew it was in there Yeah, yeah. God totally healed you from something that they'd already seen, but it was no longer there. Anyone else want to share a testimony of something that you know God's done something in
0: your life? Sally? Well, I was just thinking how it seems like every every year, every few years, God has just, just made it, just provided for our needs in such a great way. Yeah. No? was Ruthie yeah. she wouldn't be here the Lord had been, um, like a real live miracle and um, they didn't think she was going to last
1: you know, a week or two after I remember that and, um, not only did he bring back enough fluid for her to live but like, he brought it back in abundance and she's perfect and, uh, yeah, we, we, yeah prayed we prayed for you a long time for that yeah Yeah, praise God, praise God. That's so cool. Somebody else, just a, just could be an everyday thing. Just how God provides for our needs. I mean, I mean, Anne and I decided to not have her work um, when we had Matt. We she worked a couple of days and it didn't work out. So somehow we did it. I don't know. We didn't make we didn't make much money. We moved to Chicago, took a church in Chicago for five years, and and I mean, it was tight. It was really tight. I mean. We were struggling to just make ends meet but somehow we always did and my sister said i don't know how you could live on the little amount of money i said i guess i just joked This says it's not smoke and mirrors you know because i mean i don't i really can't explain it but somehow we always had enough the selling a car here and there or whatever we always had enough and okay anybody else want to just share yeah don Absolutely. We realize that whatever we're doing, and we to do our part but
0: whatever we're doing, it's only the of God that we ever achieve anything that's
1: worth achieving. Absolutely. And you know, there have been times in our life we've been on our knees in prayer. I mean, when you're really having a hard time, when you're on your, on your knees in prayer because you're desperate, like to have a second child for us, to find a house, we were on our knees in prayer saying, Lord, we don't know what to do here. Will you please show us a way and then... Thankfully, we had Katie, and then we found a house within a couple of days after finally praying and taking it out of our hands and putting it into God's hand. God showed us the perfect house, our first house over on Westchester. So God just is really loving to us more than we ever realize. Carrie. That's amazing, yeah. We need to just thank the Lord. I think what Matt said today was really important. Every day, pray without ceasing. I mean, pray about little things, like where can, Lord I can't find my keys or whatever. I've done I've prayed that prayer for a lot of times in my life. Or, or uh, you know, Lord, I need to. Um, maybe I'm lost. I can't find where I'm going, or or I need to have to talk to someone right now, and the person's right there. It, it's amazing how God does little f- miracles that you might not see, but God's doing little things in your life every day that seem- might seem insignificant, but later they oh, I prayed about that, and God provided for me. We need to just thank God for his provisions and all he's able to do. Uh, the, 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 we all know the verse in Romans eight twenty eight 28, when all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his service. In other words, even though something happens that's not good, God can turn it out for good. Even though it doesn't seem good at the time, God can you work that out for the good in your life and make things even better. So we need to put our trust in the Lord. We need to every day, sing, every single day, spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, and thank him even ahead of time. Lord, thank you for this day. May, may you be glorified today and help me to see something to do today to help somebody else out. For you on Facebook, thank you for joining us today. I hope that you found something I help you today, and I pray if you have, given your, have not given your life to Christ yet, that today you would say, Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be known as a follower of Christ. Please forgive me of my sins, and please bring me my salva- the salvation that only you can give. And for it's in your name I pray, amen. God bless you, and have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Anybody else have a thought about what we talked about today? About how God works in our life? Or anybody? Uh, yeah. Mike.
0: One of the fortunate things that
2: with my job is that for years I had one of those hearts that I just didn't care about anybody else but myself. Yeah.
1: Right and, it, and experience what the true nature of Christ is, and that's the body. Amen. All of us. And it's amazing to go someplace that you've never been before, but you because you know Christ, you have something in common. You have the holy have the Holy Spirit in common. And it's really awesome because you know, we, we realize how small we are. Yeah. That's so true. That is so true. Praise God. Let me just close. I forgot to read my conclusion here. Here's my conclusion to the message. Reflect on the times when God has delivered you, saved you, and protected you from danger. Remember God's power and all that he has done for you throughout your life so far. Let God's Let God's past work remind you of God's future protection that he promises to give you no matter what you are going through. Trust in God and have faith that he will come through for you in every situation. We need to just have trust in God. We have a constant trust. You know, it's, it's like a river flowing below the surface. I mean, it's always there. Christ's love is like a river flowing through our lives. It's always there. Every day. Even when you don't sense his presence, he's still present. Even though you don't sense him working, he's still working. Even when you don't want to pray, God is still helping you out. Because he even understands those times when we're so, so hurt that we don't want to even pray, but God still loves us. So just, just bask in his presence and just take in the Lord. And maybe take some time this week, and I don't do this enough. Take some time this week to sit out, maybe outside on a chair or go to Rock Cut or Pierce Lake or something like that, or in your back porch.